Welcome to Seven Figures, all the information that you need to dominate your finances. Because when you are in control, it feels good not having to stress about how are you going to pay that next bill. I'm Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I saw an article on Market Watch saying that credit card debt reached a new high as of June 2017. And delinquencies on credit card balances are expected to rise this year, despite an improving economy. Today, households that do have credit card debt, it's well over $15,000, according to Nerd Wallet. Okay, you don't need any more statistics. I know, you get it. If you are living it, then you 100% understand how tough it is, how tough it is to get out of debt because it piles on quick. And whatever the reason was that you got here, it doesn't matter. At this point, you want to change things. You want to turn things around. So what are your options? Is it a debt consolidation loan? We cash in this week with Jody Arbergast and Jean Sweet, loan officers at Family First Credit Union. Thank you so much for taking time to help us get out of debt. <laughs> You're welcome. for having us. Thank you for All having right. us. I think I want to focus on two main things. Debt consolidation and what we can do today to stay out of debt. So let's first tackle debt consolidation loans. When do we know that we should even entertain this idea? I think most people obtain a debt consolidation loan when they either have too many bills they're paying and they're not liking to be writing checks or going online and and paying many bills. Some people see their interest rates are very high on the credit cards. Most people pay 24.9% or even greater. So they see that and then they think, I got to get rid of this. They just feel they don't have enough cash flow to cover their everyday expenses. Does everybody qualify for a debt consolidation loan or how does it all work? Not everyone will qualify, unfortunately. Um, It comes down to affordability and credit score. We will do a debt consolidation for someone in the low 600s, high 500s, if it puts them into a better spot. It's, It's really a case by case you know, look at the big picture. If the debt consolidation loan is good for them financially, meaning it'll lower their monthly output, you know, the payment on the loan would be less than what they're paying on all those minimums and the credit cards. That's kind of like a no brainer. You know, it's going to put them into a better spot and get them a little bit more net disposable income each month. What bills can you clump together? You could do credit cards. You could do some, you know, installment loans. There's some finance companies out there right now that are pretty popular with really high payments and high interest rates that people take on a spur of the moment. I need this quick cash sort of thing that we can roll into a debt consolidation loan. When you hear debt consolidation, too, it's it's such a I feel like it's an overused term. Because now there's people and companies who are claiming to help you get out of debt, but it's not not really to your benefit. Do your research and, you know, see if there's any negative comments about those companies because they do charge fees. Um, So you have to look at, you know, how much is it going to cost me? Is this really going to benefit by paying this fee along with, you know, my monthly payment? Some of these companies which have gotten themselves in trouble They tell you not to make any payments on any of your credit cards, send us the money, and then they pull the money together, and then they they negotiate with the credit card company 
make a settlement. You know, if you have like, say, a $2,000 balance, can we settle for $1,200? And then they pull together $1,200 and then pay, pay that creditor off. But meanwhile, your other cards or loans could be going delinquent. So oh. um, there were a few companies that got in trouble and were shut down because of that. I feel like if it's too good to be true, yes. it mm-hmm. probably is. If it sounds too good to be true, rather. Yeah, definitely. I mean, are there fees? There's got to be fees attached to a debt consolidation loan, even through your institution? No. no. None? Nope, just an interest rate. Okay. And that interest rate, I mean, the goal is to lower the interest rate. If I have all these credit cards with 24 point whatever crazy percent. Our interest rate would be probably half of that, depending Ah. upon credit score. Mm -hmm. Or even lower. Yeah, or even lower. Yeah. How long does it take longer to pay off then at the end? Nine times out of 10, it's going to take you shorter to pay it off because it's going to be a fixed term up to 60 months. Okay. um, Which is five years. You know, so someone who is just paying minimums on credit cards, it would take them 10 to 15 years to pay off Mm -hmm. that balance, not using them. But if they continually use uh, them, yeah, which is it's the never going to go away. Whereas switching that debt into the debt consolidation loan, it, there's a finite end to it. You know, five years and the debt's gone. One thing that we do request of those that we do a debt con for is that they do not take any additional debt while, they're, while they have the loan, which kind of helps them to create better habits okay. during the course of that loan. It's an adjustment. It's a behavior adjustment more than it is a mathematical equation to get you out of debt. You have to rework the way you feel about money, the way you view money, and how you spend. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's run through the top things that we can do today to change our behavior and avoid future debt. Look at their daily habits. I was just going to say track their spending. Track the spending. Are you buying coffee in the morning? Are you buying lunch? I mean, those are the two biggest, I think, abusers when I look at statements, you know, whether it's their checking account, and I'm looking at yeah. a checking account statement there where they use their debit card or their credit card statement. Credit card statements, I'll find that the groceries were purchased with a credit card. That's fine if you're trying to earn points on your credit card, but pay it off. As long as you pay it off. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, I, I compare it to we, we often at the first of the year or around this time will declutter our closets. Right. Mm -hmm. Donate as much as we can. We need to declutter our finances as well. Correct. Because sometimes you're paying for something, a subscription to something you forgot you even had. You never use. That is huge. When I'm working with people, I will go down and we'll say, have you used this? What is this? You know, and a lot nine times out of 10, they can't tell me. And I'm like, you, there's a phone number here. You need to call and you need to stop this. Mm-hmm. Or and a gym membership. Ones. Yes. Okay. If they're not using a gym membership. Another one is apps on the phone. Yes. <laughs> People oh. buying games. Yeah. You know, they're addicted to their game apps. And so they're always, you find $199, $499. And, these and then they add up to like $100 in that month. You justify because yes. they start off as small little amounts. What's yep. what's $1.99? Yes. Okay. That's up. What about auto bill pay? I would recommend that if they have a good budget okay, and a, a, their head wrapped around, a, you know, their finance is pretty good. Um, auto paying things is good, provided you have. You're definitely going to have money in that account. Yes. yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll incur fees. Yeah. I like 
when my members will go right to the website of the bill that they're paying and pay it that way. And then they have a little bit more control over it. My biggest thing is set a budget. Know where your money goes each week, if you're paid weekly or biweekly. Within a month time frame, you know, make make a list of all those bills that you pay and make sure that they're paid and then you can have it is so above tedious, and beyond. But it is so important. Mm-hmm. It's very important to know where your money goes and to make sure that that rent gets paid and the gas yeah. and electric yeah. and, you know, things like that. Um, so I always like to stress a budget and comparable shopping. Okay, yes, compare prices and keep an eye on what your payment is. The garbage company um, that I've used for years increased our rate substantially this year. And you know what? Probably, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't for us reviewing our budget. Um, So I called politely to inquire why the increase and they lowered the rate to lower than what I was paying before. So just stay on top of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Another one I think is setting financial goals that you can visualize. Short term and long term. If you say you need a new bed, that's a short term, Mm. you know, financial goal. If or if you want to take a vacation in three years, you want to take the family to Disney World or whatever, you know, that's a long term goal. Five years you want to retire. Yeah. You know, that's another good long term goal that you need to prepare for. I think that's a big one. That end goal is really big. Don't you feel? Mm hmm. You know, yes. what do we want to do? And you got to agree to if you're married or with somebody. Another tool that I like to give um, people that I work with as a financial counselor is an accountability partner, be it a spouse mm-hmm. or a parent. If you find that you're just not quite making it and you haven't got a handle on things um, and maybe you don't want to come into the credit union to work with a financial counselor because you're maybe you're a little embarrassed, find somebody who you can have an honest conversation with and, you know, become an accountability partner with them and help each other. Mm-hmm. And spouses should always be, one shouldn't die and one not know what the heck's going on with the budget or how uh, the bills are paid. Yeah, it yeah. should be a joint effort yeah. with that couple, you know, with the spouses. Um, so making those decisions together on how to spend the money and where it goes and, you know, what gets paid each week is also part of that accountability. One that you person have can within. do it, but at least everybody has to be in the know. <laughs> the same page. Yeah. yeah. Yes. If you're determined to to make those financial changes within your life, you're going to you're going to get those good habits established where mm, if you backslide a little bit, you're going to be able to kick yourself in the butt and get yourself yes. back on. Yeah. You know, because you're like, oh, I've already done this. I don't want to do this again. So and that's where an accountability partner or your spouse will say to you, mm, no, yeah. we're not going to do that. You know, one final thing that I would add to this is set money aside now in your Roth IRA, mm-hmm. in your 401k, 401k, in your HSA. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. a proponent on that. Yes, absolutely. The littlest amount. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people, you know, will get emails and feedback from listeners, and sometimes they think you need big sums of money to pour into your 401k. No. or Be surprised with that little yeah. deposit, how it will grow over years. Every time they get a raise, they mm-hmm. should do 1% more. Yes. Ah, there you go. Yep. Easy. You'll never miss it. raise into your 401k every time, you know, a 1% increase every time 
you get a raise. They'll never miss it. It's money they'll never see. If they're young and they have a high deductible health plan, they should be maxing out that HSA every year. And it'll just build up and build up and build up for them. And then they can put it into a money market within their HSA. And when they hit the retirement age, they'll have those funds there. Yeah. You know, or even if they're not married over, or if they, yep, because it rolls over. It's their money. It's a it's it's a great asset. You need to find ways to supplement your social security. Don't just count on that. Correct. When oh, you yes. retire. Are there any personal financial stumbles that you guys have faced that we can learn from? Um, <laughs> I have personally. Um, my husband had lost his job a few years ago and still has not worked. So I'm the sole breadwinner and I've really had to watch on how we spend the money and and budget. I had to change everything. So, um, um, those are my, my stumbles. So my, my spending, you know, as we discussed earlier, you don't buy the morning coffee. I wasn't a lunch buyer, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. But I don't go out to dinner. I don't go to the movies. So, you know, you just you have to look to for those back. things. You're yes. forced to cut back. Yeah. Yes. My husband actually lost his job, I mean, probably 20 years ago. The factory closed where he worked. So um, he was actually on unemployment. Back then, they would send you to school. So he opted to go to school. So he was on unemployment for two years where we had to adjust our spending as well. And um, we sat down and we crunched some numbers when it got time for him to be rehired. And we knew where he had to be, you know, income wise for us to keep making our monthly bills. So, and I mean, we had a young daughter at the time, so it was, you know, tightening our belts and, you know, my mom and dad paid for braces, you know? And then we paid my mom and dad back. Of course. You know, Mm Did they so, charge interest? They did not. Oh, Thank you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but you can make so, it through. But you yeah. can. You can if you're careful and, you know, you do the math and you figure out just where you need to be, you know. Yeah. And we've all Everything been will fall yep. into place. We've you just had, have to have faith. Yeah. Little bumps in the road, yep. but you can make it through. Yep. What are the, um, just before we end this, exciting things happening at Family First? Upcoming exciting things. Well, we're opening um, or reopening our Henrietta branch. Got a new remodel, and that'll be happening on February 10th. Oh, the open house. big grand reopening. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, you guys have both been working with Family First forever. Yes. I've been there. It'll be in May, 34 years. So I've seen a lot of growth, a lot of changes um, throughout the years. And a lot of new members, I'm sure. Yes. yes. That number has mm-hmm. probably... Compared to Jean, I've been there a very short time, 10 years, but I'm very excited. We're coming up on 15,000 members. So, yeah, so we're excited about that. We get a party. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you February 10th then at the grand reopening in Henrietta. Family First Credit Union. You guys are always great supporters of financial education in the podcast. So I appreciate you guys. And thank you so much for helping us get out of debt. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Now we call up to the mic, my dad. Ever since I was a little girl, he would have clean, concise advice about finances. It's Father Knows Best, my dad's two cents. 
Have a great weekend. Dominate your finances. We all enjoy a good restaurant meal. And who doesn't want to avoid the necessary work to prepare a home-cooked meal? But in recent years, Americans actually started spending more in bars and restaurants than they did on buying groceries. That trend seems to correlate with a lower savings rate. So if you're looking for an opportunity to build an emergency fund, you can cut back on dining out and prepare more meals at home.